Welcome back, everyone. I hope you were able to relax and enjoy being with your family and loved ones this Thanksgiving, even if it was in a capacity that differed greatly than how you're used to celebrating. We're entering a time of the year that typically brings as much joy as it does stress, and this year looks to be no different. The holiday season also collides with the disillusionment phase of teaching. What is the disillusionment phase, and how can you survive it? Stay tuned for Episode 4 of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. Being a teacher isn't what it used to be. The good news is... You don't have to figure it out all on your own. If you're looking for truth, inspiration, and tips for success in the classroom and beyond, you're in the right place. It's time to turn the page to the future of the profession. This is the next chapter for Teachers Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm Erin Spinagle, and thank you for listening to Episode 4 of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. Before we get into today's topic, I want to diverge a bit. When I decided to start this podcast earlier this year, I envisioned that I'd cover topics that were important to success in the classroom. You know, things like classroom management, organizing instruction, engaging students, the typical things we think teachers want. Well, this year has proven to be anything but typical. But more importantly, it's changed what teachers need to hear about and be thinking of when they aren't in front of their students. The truth is, we are always inundated with professional development on how to improve as teachers, but we don't get as much, if any, guidance on how to process and balance the emotional and physical toll teaching takes on you. We're just expected to deal with it. It's just part of the job. But with how the pandemic has disrupted life this year, that approach is just unacceptable, as it should have been all along. A state superintendent has said repeatedly that it is their wish for each student to have at least one caring adult in their school during this pandemic which is admirable and needed. I'm not saying we shouldn't care about kids, their progress and safety. We absolutely should. But if teachers are running on empty, we can't be that one caring adult for every child because we won't be able to function well in either a professional or personal capacity. The martyr mentality, busy badge, and superhero syndrome have to be trashed in order for our students to have healthy, knowledgeable, self-actualized adults helping them get to their potential. It's really changed my focus regarding how I want to help teachers in the future. Which brings me to today's topic, the disillusionment phase of teaching. You may think at first this is the same thing as disappointment, which I talked about in episode one. Disappointment is when things don't go as planned, It happens all the time, to varying degrees. I share more about this in the Thrive Guide, 
Beginning a Teaching Career in Uncertain Times, which you can download at www.aaronspinagle.com. Disillusionment is a phase that we cycle through every year as teachers, especially in your first years of teaching. Before the school year begins, we're in the anticipation phase, where we're excited for a new year and a fresh start. As the school year begins and gets underway, we enter the survival stage, when reality starts to set in. The honeymoon with the kids ends, and they start testing you. Those new changes to the curriculum that didn't seem to be that big a deal start eating away at more time than you ever expected, and the everyday classroom life of managing student behaviors and maintaining the teaching workload of grading and planning and, of course, teaching, are leaving you exhausted. I don't know about you, but I tend to tell myself each week in the survival stage that it will get better, right? Well, Enter the disillusionment phase, where the hopes of things becoming better regarding your physical and emotional exhaustion just evaporate. Perhaps you felt this way this year with the disillusionment phase, and it's already started sooner than you ever thought it would based on the amount of changes in work you've had to take on. It usually hits right around the holiday season, though. When the newness of the school year is long gone and student attention is diverted to all the exciting things that are going on with the festivities of this season, and nothing, nothing seems to be as you thought it would be back at the beginning of the school year. You've probably had your confidence and self-esteem dinged by at least one unhappy parent or administrator at this point, even though your intentions are good and you're doing everything you can to hold your classroom and yourself together. Also, at this point, you have probably had at least one illness that I certainly hope is not hope is not COVID that you've either taught through or had to take time off for, which has thrown off your routines and ability to be at your best. It's a recipe for despair, especially with the added turmoil of a pandemic, along with fewer hours of daylight going into the winter months. I truly fear that teachers' mental well-being is at a higher risk than ever before with all the added uncertainty and stress brought on by this school year. Worst of all, the disillusionment phase is a valley. I'd say it was a pit, but valley seems to add a little more hope. The despair you feel is real, and your feelings right now and always are valid. The good thing, though, about a valley and a pit for that matter, is that there is an incline out of it, although it's a steep one. The amount of time you spend in the disillusionment phase depends on your ability to climb out to the other phases that await you, which are rejuvenation and reflection. And this year especially, we desperately need to get to those phases. What I'm about to share with you is the 5S strategy for surviving disillusionment, because you deserve peace and wellness this holiday season, regardless of the circumstances. So let's begin. The first S is for simplify. I like to think of it as running in safe mode, 
like a computer does when it's been damaged or is having memory drained from it. Ask yourself these questions. What has to happen each day? What are the most important things that need to get done? How can you do those things well without any bells or whistles? Even if you're a bells and whistles person, in the disillusionment phase, you've got to put them away for a while. A lot of what we expect from ourselves comes from ourselves. We set the bar really high, then get upset when we struggle to get over it. The important thing right now is that your students learn and feel loved. Remember, they are living through the same crisis as you, as are their families. Especially with the learning curve that's come with distance learning and teaching, now is the time to pare down to the minimum viable product to deliver instruction. That does not mean be a crappy teacher. (laughs) It actually means the opposite. Focus on teaching well, not embellishing and teaching well. We all need to get through the next month to close out the insanity of 2020. So concentrate on the things that you are required to do each day. Remember, you're trying to climb out of a valley. You can get back to being extra when you're on the other side of this. The second S is for stop, as in stop answering emails at all hours. Stop grading into the night. Stop scrolling through Instagram or Pinterest and mentally beating yourself up for not having themed color-coordinated templates for your virtual classroom. It's making you sick. And if you haven't listened to episode three on evaluating how your social media feed affects you, I highly recommend it. I'll link it in the show notes. You have not caused the circumstances we find ourselves in this year. But chances are there are some behaviors and habits that are sucking the life right out of you. And you need to drop them like a hot potato, quit them cold turkey, stop. Stop the toxic practices that we've come to normalize in teaching. If you haven't listened to episode two on the podcast about setting boundaries, stop and go listen to it. Because it's all about why it's important to create divisions between school and home, even if you're working from home this year. Notice that I didn't say to stop doing those things, period, like answering emails or grading papers. I know those things have to get done. But you, and only you can do this, need to put end times on them so you can recoil and relax. And don't let the fear of the work not getting done stop you from doing this. It gets done. Often when you have time boundaries, you tend to work more efficiently and get more accomplished in a shorter amount of time. But more importantly, the work getting finished isn't nearly as important as you not being consumed with work 24-7. It's a self-control thing that starts with you. The third S, soften your self-talk. This may be the hardest one of all. 
We are often our own worst critics and say things to ourselves that we would never say to a friend experiencing the same or similar circumstances. Personally, I get really upset with myself if I don't figure out something new on the first try. Often before I even read the directions, I just have this odd expectation of myself that I should just know how to do it by looking at it. And that's crazy, I know, but I wouldn't ever get upset with someone else if they didn't do something perfect the first time they tried something new. And I certainly wouldn't be upset with a student when they're learning to do something for the first time. I'm sure there have been many times this year, especially with technology, that things haven't worked out how they should have for you, and you've probably gotten mad at yourself. The thing is, was anyone else mad at you for messing up? And if they were, is that how you would have treated someone in the same situation? Because it doesn't make it right if they did. How we speak to ourselves truly matters. Because indirectly, whether you realize it or not, we're teaching our students and our own children how to speak about themselves and react when they make mistakes through our own self-talk. Like I said, this is hard to do, but if you want to get out of disillusionment, you have got to extend yourself grace. Self-talk influences your mood and your self-esteem. You're teaching through a global crisis and learning how to teach with technology on the fly. I bet if you make a list of all the things you've had to learn this year since this crisis started, you'd really see that you've accomplished a lot. So please extend yourself the kindness you'd expect from your students to treat each other with when they are less than perfect. The fourth S is for speak up. Other teachers are feeling the same way you are. The fatigue, the stress, questioning if they can do this for the entire year. You and they are not alone. But it's easy to feel that way, especially if you're teaching remotely and you're not with your colleagues all day. You kind of start to feel like the pilot in the movie Castaway that's on the island and just has Wilson the volleyball. We all need to have our feelings and fears validated. Administrators and school leaders need to hear that as well. Even though they have their own set of stresses in this season, they still need to know what you're experiencing in the classroom. No one knows what it's like to be you, but you. And they won't know what you're feeling unless you express it. I'm not saying be disrespectful. And I'm not saying blast the current situation on social media because I don't think that solves anything. But you do need to tell others about what you're going through. Because the less alone you feel, the more light you start to see at the end of the tunnel. Also, speak up about solutions you see to your current teaching situation as well. There's no way to tell if your ideas will be considered or acted upon, but often we get so into our teacher tunnel vision, we forget we have good professional opinions that need to be considered. The benefit of being in the valley of disillusionment is truly having been in the trenches and your insight is valuable. If you don't feel like anyone's listening, keep speaking up. 
And the fifth S is for strategize. We have to get through this year. Most of us, even if the situation we find ourselves in feels devastatingly hard, just can't up and quit our jobs. We've got to find a way to make this situation work without destroying our health or our dignity. Otherwise, we'll spend the rest of this year in the disillusionment phase. The second half of this school year can play out better than the first. That's the benefit of going through the disillusionment phase in some capacity each year. You learn what's working, what's not, and how to make it sustainable. Pay attention to how simplifying your work and stopping certain behaviors improves your life. If the changes you make, the things you eliminate, make teaching easier and give you more time to take care of yourself and be present for your family, carry those things out of the disillusionment phase and into your regular practice. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, and it's that martyr mentality creeping in. That a good teacher should be giving their all, burning their wick to light everyone else's candle, in it for the outcome, not the income. I know. I've taught 18 years. I've heard them all. And at some point, I believed them all as well. And it just about killed me. What I've learned is that I not only have chosen a profession of great value, but that I am a person of great value as well. And I can't give the world my full value and fulfill my purpose as a complete human being if I've burnt myself out holding myself to standards based on outdated teacher cliches. So yes, you do have an obligation to complete your responsibilities as a teacher, but you also have an obligation to yourself to make a life you want to wake up to every morning as well. And to do that, you must strategize how you will survive the times in the pit so that when you climb out of the valley of disillusionment, you can thrive. So to review, the disillusionment phase of teaching is when reality sets in and the stress, fatigue, and expectations threaten to throw you off course. To rise out of disillusionment, Use the 5S strategy. Simplify your tasks and teaching. Stop the behaviors that keep you from setting boundaries. Soften your self-talk. Speak up about your feelings and solutions. And strategize for what you need to do in order to make the second half of the school year better. Use this experience being at rock bottom in a year that has turned everything upside down to develop routines and practices that work for you so that you can be the teacher and person you want to be.
That's all for this episode of the Next Chapter for Teachers podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a rating, subscribe, and give a review. Join us next time when we turn the page to the future of the profession. Until then, I'm Erin Spinagle, reminding you to be different, but more importantly, be the difference. And I'll see you in the next chapter.